0: RCC family welcome to RCC at home my name is Danny
1: and my name is Natasha today We just have one really big announcement.
0: Yes, if you are tuning in on YouTube which obviously if you're watching this you are we want to invite you Mm -hmm. to
1: Christmas Eve at RHS. We're gonna be at the high school for our Christmas Eve service and you're all invited. It starts at 3 p.m.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. I am super jacked about it. 3 p.m. Rippin' High School,
1: Christmas Eve. We'll see you there.
0: Welcome to RCC. My name's Grayson. And my name's Evan. You're invited to Christmas Eve service. At 3 p.m. at the high school. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! love. Love is this thing that we all want, right? We all want love. Sometimes we even go to crazy lengths to get it. We do these grand gestures. We make silly fools of ourselves serving and giving and praying that we'll just have this little bit of a thing called love in our lives. Most of the time when we talk about love, we mean this romantic kind of love. But that is not what this candle here represents for us today. Love is a word that we actually use to translate three separate words from Greek to English when we look at the the Bible and what it says in the New Testament. So love in this candle actually represents a specific kind of love. The love that God gives, the love that God introduced into this world that he created. So we light this candle for love. And as we do that, as we light this candle for love, it reminds me actually of maybe a surprising set of verses. It's in the book of John. It's the first set of verses. It's John 1, 1 through 14. It says this, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him, And accepted him. He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So I've read those words like hundreds of times. No joke. I've read those words so many times. And, and every time I've read those words, they amaze me. In like five sentences, John gives us these incredible timeless truths. First, like Jesus, the Word, that's what he's referred to as in that, in that passage. Jesus, the Word, has always existed from the beginning, from always. He's always existed. And then secondly, creation. Material, the, the dirt under our feet, the things underneath us, the, the dirt under our feet, the stars in the sky, they exist because of Jesus. Jesus was with God. Jesus is one with God. Life, life comes into being by the word, the, the Greek word here is logos. Logos. Uh, Think about rational thinking, but it's also a reference to the very beginning of the Bible when God spoke the world into being. It's through Jesus, this speaking, this word, this beginning thing that God created all that there is. And then we find that this light, this light, this word that is Jesus himself, John tells us at the very end of this passage that it's breaking into the world he created this unfailing love and faithfulness, this grace and this truth, as it says in other translations, was coming to us so that we might become children of God, adopted into God's family. Let that just sink in for a moment. Thousands of years of human history and then suddenly, suddenly God enters into the picture. That's, that's got to change things. That's got to mess some things up. That's got to make a splash, doesn't it? When God enters the world that he created. Do you know, that, you know what that makes me think of? It makes me think of, of dominoes and, and not the pizza, okay? It makes me think of those little like bricks of, of dominoes that people stack and order and then, and then they, like, tap one and then it just goes crazy. I've got a little clip for you. Check that out right here. Dominoes require a first domino to fall in order to set off the the chain reaction. That was was a wild chain reaction, right? Well, well at Christmas, this is the reality. We celebrate a God whose love is characterized by going first. Jesus, Jesus is that very first domino. God is the, the first giver, the first mover. The one who initiates. God, through Jesus, gives the gift of going first. Now, it's Christmas season and holiday season right now, and it's kind of the season for corny romantic comedies, right? Have you seen any of them lately? I'm curious if you have. There's a million Hallmark movies with, with these predictable plots that, that are all about the holidays right now, and they're, they're everywhere. Everybody's watching them. It's, it's always there, and i got to admit to you guys, I've got a problem, okay? I have a problem. <laughs> my, my problem is this. I personally need to know how stories end. That's it, that's it, right? Like Meg, my wife, like she'll be on the couch with me watching a movie or a TV show and she'll get a little tired and she'll fall asleep. When I'm watching a TV show or a movie, no matter how boring or weird or quirky it is, I have to see how it ends. Like, there's just something in me. I will stay awake till crazy hours of the night in the morning if I can just find out how a story ends. And and I have to admit it, and it's a little weird for me to, to say this, I have to admit that I have a time or two been seduced by the sappy storylines of these predictable Hallmark-type flicks. Because I catch this minute of them. I catch this little minute of them, and then and I'm hooked. Like, I have to know, how does it end? How does the story end? And, and 99.9% of the time, I'm right. I, I predict it. But there's this tension there. Like, like, what about the .01% of the time that I'm wrong? I, like, I gotta know, is this one of those times where I'm wrong about it? Do they gonna throw a little quirkiness into the story? Something I couldn't predict? And here's the spoiler alert for you guys. Here's, here's the plot of pretty much every Hallmark movie that you've ever seen. Two people love each other, or at least they could love each other, And there's tension because of some history, right? They've got some backstories where they've been hurt or there's difficulty and it's hard to trust or be vulnerable or choose to love. And here's the secret to these movies and these stories. Someone has to go first. Someone has to make the first move. And so the tension of that first move, that's like the first half of every Hallmark movie ever. Like, it's, there's obvious tension here. Somebody's got to make the first move. And even in, like, action movies where there's, like, a love story as a subplot, that's, like, half the tension. Someone's got to make that first move. And, and it's hard, right? Someone always has to go first. But going first, it's scary. That's what the scripture is all about. God gave the gift of going first, of loving first. God, he, he tipped over that first domino. He made the first move. Now let's be clear right now for just a moment. We are not talking about romantic love. The word the Bible uses for the love God offers us through Jesus is a Greek word, agape. Agape. Eros is the romantic love, but agape is different. It's a fatherly love, extended from God to us, and then a love that is extended to others in a characteristically selfless way. This is the kind of love that John talks about in in 1 John 4, where he says this. He says in, in 1 John 4, starting in verse 7, he says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and His love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they are living God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in His love live in God, and God lives in them. And I could go on and on and on. This passage has 27 loves in it. 27 loves! It's wild. I could just count them up. They're so crazy. God loved first. And what does God expect in return? He expects that we would extend his agape kind of love to others. This is not romantic love. This is characteristically selfless love. This is no man left behind love. This is mow the neighbor's lawn because they can't love. This is protect my kids, stand up for my friends, show up when tragedy strikes love. This is even when it's boring, even when I don't want to, even when it comes at a great cost to me, that kind of love. When God loved us first, he did so not expecting anything in return. It wasn't transactional. It was inspirational. So God loved first. God loved without expecting anything in return. These are, these are the realities of Christmas. When we celebrate it, we are celebrating the arrival of a God who loves first and expects nothing in return. It's it's a free gift. And we know that this love inspires us to love others in the same exact way. But but guys, I've got to level with you. This can feel exhausting. Have you ever felt that? I mean, sometimes, I've got to be real, it feels like I've got nothing left to give. I'm just tapped out. I'm exhausted. This was was on my mind as I was preparing for this message, and then then I had a conversation with a friend of mine around the same time that my boys watched this crazy YouTube video. Let me show you what I mean. In in this video, these guys, they they fill the the swimming pool uh, with this... Thing called elephant toothpaste. I don't know if you've seen this experiment before, but it's the solution where you add a catalyst of sort. Th- this thing, like maybe you remember from your high school history te- or high school chemistry teacher telling you about catalysts. But they add this catalyst to the solution, and they put it in the swimming pool, and all of a sudden it just overflows like crazy. It spills over the edges. And it fills the- their entire backyard from this little amount at the bottom. It's it's wild and crazy. Uh, Maybe you've heard that term before, the the catalyst. If you're in corporate America or or business and leadership worlds, they define a catalyst as a change agent. And that works, but if you get really into the nitty-gritty of the scientific definition, you, you find out some stuff. A catalyst, it speeds up a reaction. It makes it happen faster. It also does so by reducing the amount of energy needed to make the reaction happen. So you put in a couple different chemicals together, the reaction happens faster when you add the catalyst because there's less energy that's needed to make it happen. Now here's where it gets really interesting. Ready? And this is when I was talking to this friend of mine who's really good at chemistry. When I learned about what a catalyst is, I was told that the catalyst is not consumed in the reaction. What I mean by this is, you put the catalyst in and it stays there throughout the whole reaction and it never leaves. It was there from the beginning and it goes all the way to the end of it. From soapy liquid to elephant toothpaste, the catalyst is always there. But in talking to this friend of mine, he tells me that that's not actually the case. He tells me, or he told me, that the catalyst actually does get consumed. Like in the middle of the reaction, the catalyst is not there and present. It's just that at the end of the reaction, the catalyst gets regenerated. It ends up there at the end, like it was at the beginning, but in the middle, it was put to use. Okay. So let's, let's put these pieces together. First, Jesus and his love, they're the catalyst. Two, His first moving, selfless love sparked the change that literally spread all over the world. When it says, we love each other because he loved us first, that's that's the picture of it, right? We're continuing the reaction Jesus initiated when we love with his love. But, But here's the part that, honestly this week, took a huge weight off my shoulders. Maybe you're like me. I've always had this, this feeling that I should never get tired or, or drained if I'm doing what God wants me to do. Because I get tired. I get tired. In, in 1 John chapter 4 again, 10 through 11, it says, It says, This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. We surely ought to love each other. So when I feel like I have nothing left to give, I I feel guilty. I feel like, man, I surely ought to love somebody else. I should be pouring out. It's reality, right? We feel that. But I'm starting to learn why that happens. I'm not God's worker. I'm God's son. I never signed a contract that I need to have a certain amount of of output. Jesus' love is inspirational. It's not transactional. So when I feel like I'm running dry, it tells me I need to take the time to, to go back to what inspired me in the first place. To use the the science words, I need to let the catalyst regenerate. This is God's Christmas gift to you. You do not have to do it all or be it all to all people. This is God's Christmas gift to you. You do not have to be it all or do it all to all people. You, You didn't sign a contract. You are human and you are limited. And yes, God's love through Jesus inspires and empowers you to love others in amazing and selfless ways, but you will get too empty. You will run out of energy. And when that happens, you have to know that's not God suddenly leaving. That's not a flaw in the system. That's a reminder that it's time to go back to the source of the love that you can be regenerated by. We reflect on on God's love during Advent because because it was Jesus who made the first move. It was Jesus who loved without expectations, with inspiring love, not transactional love. It was Jesus who provided the catalytic love that enables us to keep spreading it to this day, the love that never stops regenerating. This is one of the the many gifts, the birth of Jesus, that Christmas itself represents. But here's the best part, we get to share it. Like the elephant toothpaste, it spills over the edges. It gives us the ability to go first instead of waiting for it to come to us. It gives us the ability to give freely without expecting anything in return. And it gives us the ability to know that this isn't a job. This is a gift we get to share. It just keeps on growing. And when we get tired, because we will, and I'm guessing in this season, you probably are, we get to go back to the source, a source that never runs dry and is always spilling over. To finish today, I'm gonna ask you three questions. Here are the three questions for you to consider as you go into this Christmas season and these final days of it, how you can best experience and share this love that Jesus offers. How can you, how can you give first this Christmas season? How can you go first this Christmas season? Who can you care for freely like Jesus does for us without expecting anything in return? And then finally, maybe this one's the most important as we experience the stress of this holiday. What time do you need to set aside to be inspired by God's love so giving it out is never something that becomes an obligation but stays a joy? As you go into this week, I'm going to finish by praying, and, and the prayer is going to be very simple that, that we would know a time in this coming week when we can go first for somebody, that we would be able to give freely without expecting in return, and that we would always be filled up by Jesus and not feel like we have to give out of an emptiness. Would you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for the love that you give through your son Jesus. The fact that he enters this world and started this crazy chain reaction that has spread the world over, and that we get to experience ourselves. God, as we experience that love, help us to do so in such a way where because you went first for us, help us to go first for others, to love knowing that we're not waiting for it to come to us, but we're ready to give it out. And then, God, help us to to love without expecting anything in return. Help us to love in such a way where, where it's not some transaction, but it's just a gift we get to give. And then finally, God, when we're feeling empty, I want to feel like we've just been giving and giving and giving. Help us to go back to the source that never runs dry. Help us to find our inspiration from you. Experiencing the love you give for the, the ways that you gifted it to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for investing your
1: time here with us today. That's an act of worship before God because you gave Him your attention and you chose to focus on God when you could have invested that time in a bunch of other ways. We take that very seriously at RCC. So my hope for you today is that, you've, that you feel that you've invested your time wisely, that it was worth it for you. As we give you the opportunity to now make a worship offering, I want to thank you for choosing to invest financially in the ministry work of God at RCC. I invest here because I believe it's worth it, and I hope that you do too. God's doing amazing things here, and your generosity helps make that possible. So thank you, and God bless you this week. If you've never given before and you'd like to start to give, then just go to rccsunday.com and click on the giving icon in the bottom right-hand corner or even the word give at the top. While you're there, you can also check out today's unique information or fill out a red card with a prayer request. It would be great to hear from you, or it would be an honor to pray for you. And I hope to see you soon.